Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, Fernando CEO of Roadhouse International, and welcome to another episode of Expat Thailand. I apologize if my energy level is a little bit down, if I may sound weird, like I'm congested. I'm just coming off of COVID, and I may cough here and there, and might have to take a quick coffee sip like I do now. But today's subject, uh, I want to talk about some of the things that have changed since I arrived here in Thailand over 10 years ago. And it's quite interesting when I look back at some of the things that I would do different. I'll discuss those briefly. And also what I suggest for the future expats such as yourself that's looking to move here to Thailand. You know, there are so many mistakes that we make and no matter how much experience someone like myself has had. I've had over two decades of real estate, real estate experience uh, as an investor, uh, working with developers, traveling to multiple different countries. And you still make these kind of mistakes. And when you look back, uh, it's funny. <laughs> Obviously, when I was making them, it wasn't funny at all. Uh, it pisses me off more than anything that, you know, it's like as logical as you think you are making these rash not making rash decisions, but really thoughtfully taking the time to making the right decisions and they turn out to be wrong. And again, that's the reason why I put these podcasts together. I don't monetize on them. You'll never hear a commercial on any of these podcasts or any of my social media. I do it so you guys don't make the same mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes that I look back on that I would do different today is having a lot of properties. So if you are a real estate investor like myself, you will have a lot of properties, which my wife and I do. But the one thing that I'm very, my wife and I are very private. Even before I met my wife, I was very private. I don't like people coming to my home. This is the way I am. Some people, like I have friends that love to have people over, spend a night, spend a weekend. I never like that. I never enjoy that. My space is my space. The only people that really come and can enjoy my space too is my immediate family members. My mom, my brother, uh, my dad, um, you know, my cousins from Taiwan. But other than that, I don't want people over. And especially now, during this pandemic, I don't want people coming over or spreading their freaking germs all over my house. And if you want to wear, uh, Airbnb is actually illegal here in Thailand. When you see listings, they are illegal listings. Uh, you're, you're, you're not supposed to have Airbnb because the hotel industry is a very, very uh, prestigious and they have a lot of power here in Thailand. And they hate Airbnb obvious, for obvious reasons. It competes directly with their own business model. So I've never put my properties uh, for short-term rentals. I've never put my own personal residences as rentals because I just don't want people messing up my stuff. I just don't want people putting their germs everywhere. (laughs) I just don't like it. But I have rental properties and that is completely separate. I, I don't ever occupy my rental properties I don't ever put any family members or even friends into rental properties. Those are primarily for rent. 
But how I would change things is, <clears throat> as, I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person is I always want more. I want more of everything. I want more homes. I want more cars. I want more luxury watches. I want more shoes. I want more computers. I want more of everything. And that was a bad, bad habit uh, that I got living in Newport Beach uh, with an excess amount of money. I just got bored, just started spending a lot. So I had a bad spending problem. And that never really went away because when I came to Thailand, immediately I saw the value of Thailand. But as you may have heard from my prior podcast and many episodes, I made a lot of mistakes here. <coughs> One of those mistakes is assuming that I can utilize the same type of real estate and investment strategies that I used that made me a stupid amount of money in the States that I could use those same type of strategies here and make a lot of money. I was dead wrong. Investing in second world nations is completely different. I'm going to go through all the details. Please refer back to some of my uh, prior episodes. But the one thing is I would have done different is instead of buying a whole bunch of cheap properties, which I did, and I still have majority of them. Uh, luckily, they're in great areas, and they're still rented. But right now, obviously, occupancy is down because of the pandemic, because most of my units are more really gravitated towards the, uh, the, the business traveler or the person or individual that's moving here to Thailand, uh, particularly Japanese uh, nationals. <clears throat> But because I saw the value here, and I'll give you an example, like a million bucks, a million bucks in Las Vegas <coughs> at that time 10 years ago would have bought me 10 properties. No, I'm sorry, bought me four properties. Excuse me, I just took a quick sip of my coffee. So 10 years ago, a million bucks would have bought me four properties in Las Vegas that were uh, small, small homes, small single-story homes or townhouses that were three bedrooms. Those same exact homes today are about 350. Uh, yeah, about 350, maybe even close to 400. But the value here in Thailand was, oh, for a million bucks, I could buy 10 one-bedroom condos or 20 studios. It's like, I could be, I could, I could grow this mega empire. That was a mistake. And it was a mistake that I made. Today, fast forward 10 years later, I would rather have, knowing what I know now, I would rather have two or maybe four really good properties here in Thailand as opposed to 10 or 20 cheap units along Sukhumvit Road. The reason why I say that is, unlike <clears throat> Western nations like the United States, as I've stated in many episodes, 
you buy a piece of real estate, it's eventually going to go up. It always does. It doesn't matter where you buy. It's eventually going to go up. That's just the real estate. That's how real estate works like in the United States. But in Latin America, some parts of Southern Europe, and here in Asia, it doesn't work that way. Especially <coughs> when you're buying in countries and cities that are high-density living. Thailand is high-density living, especially in Bangkok. I mean, this it's skyscrapers and giant buildings after giant buildings. I mean, there are condo buildings that literally have 500, and some of them now, 1,000 units. It's crazy how big, how monstrous these things are. And these units can be as cheap as studios starting at $50,000. But the problem lies with future appreciation, which there isn't any. So unfortunately, the, the cheap-ass units that I bought 10 years ago, none of them have appreciated. But they haven't gone down, thank God, they haven't depreciated, and I still earn consistent income, which is fine. But it's a pisser putting that money into it that didn't appreciate. So I'm just collecting rental income. So I've slowly sold off some of them over the many years. So I didn't lose any money, sold it for exactly what I paid for. And I've had this conversation with my wife many times. I said, it still just boggles my mind. Here's a building that I bought in, bought a one bedroom in there for let's say a hundred grand. And fast forward five years later, three years later, seven years later, it didn't appreciate one bit. If this were LA, if this were New York, if this were any city in the United States, because of the location, because it's within walking distance to everything, to the, to the sky train, to the mall, it would have doubled or tripled by now, but not in Thailand. Why? Because the over, over excess supply of inventory. There's just so much of it. Folks, you have no idea. The numbers are staggering. And it's all over large cities in South, in, in Asia, period. <coughs> it's happening in Japan and Taiwan, Korea, uh, Singapore, uh, Philippines, Indonesia, Malaysia, everywhere that has a huge amount of high density living. Developers just keep developing, keep developing. So you're competing. So when you put your home in the market, you're not just competing with other resales. You're competing directly with other developers. And in many times, you are actually competing with the same developer that built your building. They may have built the same exact building next door to you. That's what makes it difficult. And that's one of the things that I would have changed. So as I relay this to you now, a million dollar budget and you want to build a real estate portfolio here in Thailand, it's not about the more units, the better. It's about buying 
finding those diamonds in a rough. Finding the right building, the right community, the right developer in the right location that is unique in the way the community is designed, the way the building is designed, or what's coming up around the area, so future developments in the area, is what's going to make that development appreciate value. And those are very few and far between. There are obviously more here in Bangkok because Bangkok is always going to be the best place to invest. As I tell most people, Bangkok is not just the best place to live in Thailand, it's also the best place to invest in real estate. Yes, you can own homes all throughout Thailand, but if you want appreciation, the best and only place to buy real estate is here in Bangkok. So a million dollars today, if a client were to knock on my door and I were to meet with them, I would say I would either buy you four excellent one bedrooms or two killer one bedrooms or even two bedrooms in very, very exclusive high-so buildings. That's, so that's uh, high-so is high society, really built for the affluent in very, very high-so neighborhoods as opposed to buying 5, 10, 15, or 20 units. It's very just, you have to take what you've learned and what's made you successful in your Western country because it does not apply here. The sad thing is, is every knucklehead brokered agent here is never going to argue with you. You, go, you call up or you email a broker saying, hey, I want to buy Empathia. They say, okay. Then I could say, if you, it, and I do this all the time, when people email me, say, I want to buy Empathia. I say, well, I, uh, why? I don't have anything for you. I don't have anything for you, Empathia, because Empathia is a terrible investment. Because I'm not looking to, at the commission. I'm looking at the client. I'm looking at the client needs and their lack of education. But brokers here, they just hoard themselves to you. They'll never argue with you. That's dangerous. Your money is hard earned. You worked, a, you worked many hours. You sold a lot of widgets, taking a lot of shit from clients to make that money. And there's no reason why you need to piss it away here in Thailand by working with a bad broker and agent. So and again, more is not always better, especially when you're developing a real estate portfolio here in Thailand. Excuse me, I'm just taking a sip of my coffee. <coughs> and again, COVID sucks, man. Don't ever get it. Okay. So the next mistake is the assumption of like when I first came out here, I went everywhere in Thailand. I'm like, I'm gonna have a home in Chiang Mai. I'm gonna have a home in Bangkok. I'm gonna have a home in Pattaya. I'm gonna have a home in Phuket. I'm gonna have a home in Koh Samui. I'm gonna have a home in Hua Hin. I mean, this just kept going because I had the money for it and it was so freaking cheap. But now I'm like, hell no. No, 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 no. 
You know, Chiang Mai is a very interesting place because most of the postcard moments you see, it's not really in Chiang Mai. It's outside of Chiang Mai. The city of Chiang Mai literally is like being in Pattaya. It's like being in freaking Mexico. That's why I despise Pattaya. Pattaya, if you haven't heard, listened to my prior podcast, that's the armpit of, of Thailand. It is the most seediest, most disgusting place to live. And there are a lot of places like that, that, that mirror that. Places like in Phuket. Chiang Mai is the same. If you live in the city of Chiang Mai, it's just full of foreigners and red light district. And it's just seedy and gross. But when you see all the beautiful pictures of elephants and the mountains and the, the beautiful fog that rolls over in the morning time, that's the outskirts of Chiang Mai. And actually, a lot of those places are in Chiang Rai. So again, it's education, folks. You can't research and say, I want to live in Chiang Mai because you see all these pictures, you see all these videos. It's completely different. It's like looking at a picture of a beautiful double-double at In-N-Out Burger. And then when you get there, you get a fucking... Oh, I'm sorry for cursing. Uh, uh, you get this crappy McDonald's hamburger. You're like, what the hell is this? This is, this, is not what I, this is not what I asked for, but that's what you get. So please, <coughs> you have to do your research. You have to really take the time to make the right decisions. And if you're not going to work with my firm, that's fine. But make sure you're choosing the right broker and agent. Because they're very, very good at changing your mind and very good at saying yes to everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, if I buy these units, can I rent them out? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah, pre-pandemic, without a doubt. It was very easy to rent stuff. But now, when I talk to clients, tell them, yeah. Right now, it kind of sucks. I have... Uh, Half or more of my units are unoccupied. But that's just the way the pandemic is. You have to find brokers that are willing to tell you the truth. They're willing to give you the hard news that you don't want to hear. There are so many potential expats that burst in their bubble. They had this wonderful dream of living in Chiang Mai and having this farm or having a vineyard or doing this and that. Well, it's not realistic. Sorry. That's just going to be a dream. Especially your price point. It's unrealistic. So remember this. When looking <coughs> for real estate in Thailand, always go for quality over quantity. Always, always look for exclusivity. Look for something unique about the developer and the development and the surrounding areas. And you're never going to know this if you don't do the homework yourself or working with a broker or brokerage that understands your needs. That's why I never, ever recommend going to a broker that's an expat. They're the worst. They don't know Jack. 
It's a, I, I remember talking to a broker, and I'm like, so what are slum areas here, here in Bangkok? Oh, we don't have any slum areas. I'm like, what? That's impossible because Thailand is still considered a poor country. No, we don't have any slum areas. Lo and behold, of course there's slum areas here. Of course there is. How do I know these things? Because my wife is Thai. She's from Bangkok. And, and it, it's just, there's, there's so many aspects of these expat brokers, these Western expats, that they, just, they, they don't know. They have no idea what's going on. Then your other option is working with Thai brokers and agents, which is a little bit better. But there's always the same problem. If they're not sophisticated, they're not going to understand an investor, especially a savvy investor like yourself. They just don't get it. Remember, these people don't make a lot of money. The average commission in Thailand is like 1%. It's garbage. Where my brokerage, we charge at a minimum. We start at 10%. If you can't, if you can't sign, if our clients, our future clients, are not willing to sign an exclusive agency with us and agree to a 10% commission, and if you're wondering what you get for 10%, please refer back to some of our my prior podcast that talks about our services. Uh, there's a recent podcast I did about our gold standard in real estate, <clears throat> but there's a lot that we offer, and most of it is expertise and knowledge. But our clients are more than happy to pay 10% because they're getting the right piece of property and they're getting what they need. We're not a bunch of yes people. But there are Thai agents that are savvy enough to understand this. But unfortunately, those type of agents do not speak English. They only speak Thai. It's kind of a double whammy there. So let's move on to the next subject. What are some of the things I would change? So recap, <coughs> I'll always buy quality and I'll always buy as opposed to quantity. I would always go for exclusivity and buy the most expensive project as opposed to the cheapest project. Always, always go for exclusivity because the, in the long run, it's going to be better managed and also a better appreciation value. And then, all these different places I just named that I wanted to own property, I don't anymore because they're all bad investments. One of the great things about Thailand is there's a lot of hotels and beautiful homes to rent. Just rent. Get a hotel. There's no reason, <coughs> there's no reason that you need to have multiple homes because multiple homes also are headaches. You have to maintain them. And you have to have the right property management company. If you're living most of your time, let's just say in Bangkok, and you have a home in Chiang Mai, in Phuket, in Samoy, in Pattaya or Jiangtian, and Hua Hin, those homes are, it's not easy to maintain those, especially if you don't speak Thai. Very, very difficult. Very difficult. So it's better to have one or two killer homes as opposed to many. That is the one thing that I learned. And that is what I learned from my wife. 
she is the one who logically made this argument and it made sense. Instead of having all these homes, we would rather have just two killer homes. One here in Bangkok and one at the beach. And then the next thing that I would change is <clears throat> Patti has one of the biggest mistakes that anyone can ever make. It is the armpit of Thailand. It is the seediest place in Thailand and real estate there will never appreciate. It's just a cesspool, I'm sorry to say. And I am the type of individual, like most of you listening to this podcast, because it's the dumb shits, the unsophisticated knuckleheads that hang out all day at these bars, go-go bars, and these brothels. Those are the ones that don't like my podcast. But the ones that do are the entrepreneurs, educated, sophisticated people, men and women, that that scoring demographic is women, <coughs> because they are now making decisions for the family to move here to Thailand. And that's what these podcasts are aimed for. So like myself, I think we have something in common. We want some peace and quiet. We want some place that's safe for our families and for ourselves. We want to feel comfortable being able to speak English and being able to communicate with the locals. We don't want to be scammed. We don't want to be ripped off. We don't want to be a target. We want to have great investments here in Thailand that are going to appreciate. So if you like that, then you're in the right place. Thailand provides all that. But the main thing about Thailand that I would, you know, when I look back now, is going to places that you read about where majority tourists live and congregate definitely aren't the places you want to <coughs> that you want to live or buy. Excuse me one second. Great place to visit. So, excuse me one second. I'm going to do this throat spray. One thing about Thailand is, uh, you know, again, it was COVID, and they had these, all this herbal, great herbal, you know, remedies and stuff, like this throat spray, which is all organic, and it's just great. Makes my throat feel better. So, I thought, when I first went to Patti, I'm like, wow, look at, this is pre-pandemic, obviously, it's way back, I mean, it was like almost 10 years ago. I'm like, look at all these tourists. Wow, this is a freaking gold mine. If I buy something here, this place is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But no, that is not the case. Yeah, you have a lot of tourists, but nobody wants to live there. And if people that live there, huh, you don't want to be, you don't want to hang out with them. Phuket is another one. Don't let these tourist infested areas think and, make, and fool you into wanting to live there or invest there. Bangkok, yeah, it, 
at one time, and it probably will become again, the number one travel destination in the world. <clears throat> well, Bangkok's not just a tourist destination. It's a place where people work. But coming here, or even prior to coming to Thailand, I never heard of Hua Hin. I never really heard of Jiom Tien or Cha Am. I never heard of those places. The only place I ever heard was Bangkok, was Pattaya, Phuket, and Chiang Mai. And those places you really don't want to live other than Bangkok. Stay away from tourist-infested areas because this pandemic has shown that these cities that rely heavily on tourists are total ghost towns now, hurting. Phuket, yeah, there are a lot of great deals there. Same with, uh, same with Pattaya. But there's nobody there. Nobody wants to go there. Only, only Westerners, but they're still few and far between here. So that's a mistake that would have changed. I wouldn't have looked at Pattaya or even Phuket as an investment haven. That those were the mistakes. That was those are major, major mistakes, major mistakes. And please don't make those mistakes. And then the next thing is, is the misconception of class levels and understanding class levels here in Thailand. So yes, you know, being American, we come from this hoity-toity, arrogant, you know, Western way of thinking that everybody's the same and you can't classify people as lower class, middle class, upper class, because it's wrong. Who gives an F? Nobody cares about that kind of crap here. Class levels are here. <laughs> you, either, you either deal with it or you don't. There's rich and poor here, and there's some, and there's middle class is getting bigger and bigger. Here's the bottom line. The lower class in Thailand are called Isan. And these are the Thais, majority uneducated, coming from anywhere outside of Bangkok, mostly up north, where they come to Bangkok or to a place like Pattaya or even Phuket to work in hotels or bars or restaurants, whatever it may be. So the very, very interesting thing is, is that when you see ties in Western countries like the United States, those actually are individuals, majority women, that are Isan. They're not from Bangkok. Bangkok women are different. And that's a huge, huge learning curve where most people do not understand. <clears throat> Education here is also classified and looked at differently. In the United States, public schools are considered a lower type of education. Private schools are where you're going to get better education and more prestigious. Not here in Thailand. Private schools accept anyone. They are of lower form. It's the private schools. When you know a Thai individual has graduated from a public university, you know that they're pretty smart. 
because it took brains and a lot of hard work to get accepted to a private school. And I know this through my wife and her friends. My, gra my wife graduated in one of the most prestigious universities, public universities here in Thailand, and also her master's degree is from a, pub is from a public university where she graduated number one in her class and was also offered a full-ride doctorate at Syracuse University in the United States. <clears throat> and I would have never known this if it weren't for my wife and her friends. So you have to understand the distinction between class levels because the distinction, as much as you don't want to think about it, or you may think it's racist or stereotypical, well, get out of your rock because it's reality. Because violent crime, scammers, people that take advantage of Westerners like you happen on a regular basis and the people that do it are Isan. That's the bottom line. That's the reality. Whether you like it or not. So whether you're male or female and you're looking for a significant other here in Thailand, the only place you want to look is Bangkok. And if you are married and you are bringing your family here, you will see it firsthand. The, the, the level of sophistication and intelligence between a Bangkokian and someone from Isan. The way of thinking is different. Class levels are very, very apparent throughout Asia. If you are not aware of this, if you think your country is racist, Asia is more racist than most white Western countries. And you don't know it because you don't live it. And it's racist more based on financial stature, title, financial worth, and color of your skin and where you're from, but more status, economic and financial status. If you were to come here, I don't care how much money you have, and you were to buy a place in Patia, like let's say you look beautiful, you bought a $1 million three-bedroom or two-bedroom condo in Patia, and you think it's a freaking cat's meow. <clears throat> and you're in your 50s and 60s, and you're dressing in flip-flops and a tank top, and you, know, you just look like shit. You're going to be treated like that. doesn't matter. Because right away, if you were to tell a Thai that you live in Patia, all of, a, all of a sudden, they're like, you're a whoremonger, and I'm going to look at you as a lower life form. And then the second thing is they're going to look at the way you dress. And if you don't dress right, they're going to treat you like a lower life form. Where everyone in America dresses like they're working out, but they're not, here in Asia, it's how you dress is how you are treated. 
The better that you are dressed, the better you are treated. Image is very important here. So the one thing I'm saying that I learned is when I first came to this country, I was like, you know, like dumb Westerner dressed in my shitty cargo shorts and my tank top and my flip-flops, wearing a backpack everywhere I go, looking like a freaking tourist. It's okay in Latin America because everyone dresses like that or in, or in the United States and everyone's going to treat you the same. Not here. You're just a big giant bullseye, especially if you're in beach communities like Patia, say, hey, come rip me off because I'm a foreigner. Come take advantage of me. I burned, literally threw away all my cargo crap, cargo short crap that I bought from Old Navy and all that lousy clothes. I dress much better now because you have to assimilate with a culture Some of you are saying, wow, well, some of you are, are happy about this because you are coming from European country. Europeans know how to dress right. It's very funny. You can really distinguish between Europeans here in Thailand and the Americans or people from the UK or even Australia. Europeans always dress better. It's these other countries, you always dress like you're, you're just coming out of the gym, but you never worked out day in your life. Just dress better. So when you come here, don't bring your cargo shorts. Leave your tank tops at home. Dress better. Dress to impress. You'll be treated better. You'll be around better people. You'll attract better people. That was a lesson that I learned. And since then, I've never had any sort of problems, never had any altercations. I've certainly had uh, rude ties that have treated me, uh, try to belittle me. But the only place that happened was in Patia. It wasn't surprising because it is the armpit of Thailand. And these ties, I don't blame them. They're dealing with arrogant Western tourists for decades and decades and just get sick and tired of their shit. So it's just in their blood now. So dress better. And then, <clears throat> let me just take a quick sip of my coffee here. Another thing about living here in Thailand is respect. I'm a very, very respectful person. I was raised, my brother and I were raised to have good manners to be polite, and that's a, that's a thing in the past now, especially in places in America. God, the last time I was in the States on the holidays, I, I, I swear, I just wanted to knock people out. It's just surprising when you're coming from a country like Thailand, where everybody here, the service here is exceptional. You get treated so well, and you get talked to in a soft, manner in a polite manner please step here please come here thank you they're just attentive and polite just come back to effing vegas where people like shout at you 
and, and these are employees. They have a job because you are a patriot, but they treat you and belittle you. Pisses me off. People have no manners. And the one thing here about Thailand, it's not a mistake that I made, but it's something that I feel very much at home. I enjoy being around polite and nice people. I like to be nice. I don't like to be an asshole. I don't like to raise my voice. But in the States, you seem to have to do that all the time. Because there's always some arrogant douchebag that's challenging you or trying to one-up you. It's just ridiculous. So like many of you, you're probably tired of that BS. You're you're tired of people looking down on you, even when you're rich. There are other richer, more people, wealthier, more famous than you. They'll look down on you. But here, if you can make the right investments, live in the right cities, in the right places, you attach yourself to high-so and educated people, you dress better, and you maintain your, let's just say, your friendliness and being polite and compassionate towards others, you're going to have an exceptional life here. And that's exactly what I built here. An exceptional life with the absolute woman of my dreams. I live in a place that is just amazing. My parents will be living here part-time also. Uh, When I was back in Vegas for the holidays, it is a decision that we've all made. They're tired of the crime in Vegas. It's getting worse and worse. They're tired of the inflation. Everything's getting more and more expensive. My parents aren't poor. We're not poor. Just like, why the hell do you want to pay for it? That's the question. You know, the odd thing is, is that some people that feel they're rich, maybe some people are, like, who cares? I can afford it. Yeah, you can afford it now, but the question is why? You have to ask yourself why. You can afford it now, but what if you can't afford it tomorrow? Yeah, you can afford it now, but why not come to a place where it's even more affordable? That you have a peace of mind. That your money is going to always be there. You're not going to outlive it. And obviously the healthcare here is better. There's too many instances as my parents get older. Uh, there's too many bad experiences with doctors and hospitals. And they're tired of it. And as they get older, they're realizing. Here's the one thing that I realized too is that, especially my mom's friends, half of them are actually ready to go back to Taiwan, which is kind of shocking. They've lived in the United States majority, geez, 30, 40 years, 50 years, most of their adult lives, 
And now they're like, I've had enough going back to Taiwan. My parents are the same. Taiwan and Thailand is basically our homes now. And we're happy to be here. You know, one thing that I'm going to talk about in these upcoming episodes is obviously I'm going to be touching up on what's happening in the macro world, in macro economy, and how that's affecting your bottom line and your lifestyle now and your lifestyle in the future. But I also want to talk about how to make your life better. Because every day it should be better. It should not be getting a little bit worse. And living in the United States, every day just gets a little bit worse. Worse and worse and worse. Whether it's everything's getting too expensive, to more crime, to having more altercations, to living in fear. I don't live in fear here. And now this whole new issue of Lake Mead uh, running dry, uh, the West is in a terrible drought, more forest fires. I mean, talked about this all the time. Yeah, here it rains. Some places flood. But not every place does. As long as you're working with the right broker, as long as you're in the right areas, you don't have to worry about flood. But you still have to worry about these type of things back home where you're from anyway. If it's not flooding, like the Midwest or the East Coast, then there's no water and there's fires like the West. <laughs> Talk about the United States. But it's also happening in other parts of the world too. But here, here we are, three years later. I don't see any effect from the supply chain issues. All the, re all the stores are still fully stocked with food. Uh, the restaurants we go to, uh, price increases are insignificant because they're still minuscule. Nothing has changed where, where you're living right now, depending on which Western country, which are all Western countries, it's just getting a little bit worse and worse and worse and worse. And if you're too lazy because you think it's an inconvenient to pick up yourself and leave, then you're going to be suffering five to ten years later or longer, depending on your age, as your health deteriorates and you're more reliant on health care and you're running out of money, or even if you're rich now, well, five to ten years, maybe you're not going to be rich anymore. It's better to be a big dog in a small pond than to be a nobody in a big pond. In your country, you're nobody. I don't care how rich you are. You're a nobody. But here in Thailand, you're somebody. Because everything is affordable. And they will maintain they, they, will main, they will always maintain this affordability as long as you're not making these mistakes that I previously just mentioned. 
But the main thing about having a good life here in Thailand and having a bad life is the company that you keep. If you feel that you are more superior by being around uneducated Isan people because it makes you feel more powerful to be around a bunch of rich or a bunch of poor uneducated people, then you will suffer the consequences when things turn five to ten years from now. And they will. You read about it and you hear about it all the time. But if you're willing to make the effort into assimilating into this wonderful culture, taking the time to meet interesting and educated individuals and doing a little bit of research and detective work yourself, are this, is this individual that I'm talking to really graduated from this university? or really doing what they're supposed to be doing? Are they telling you the truth? You know what's very interesting is every single flight that I have ever come back when I'm flying back to Thailand from the States, I always, always overhear conversations. And this happens all the time. Typical sucker. Fat, overweight white guy in their late 30s, 40s, maybe 50s, talking about their Thai girlfriend. And when I overhear this conversation, where did they meet their Thai girlfriend? They met them at a bar. Or they won't say in a brothel. Or this Thai girl approached them. I'll tell you one thing, folks. Whether it's male or female, ties do not approach you. When they approach you, they're looking to scam you. It is not within a Thai culture to approach a foreigner, especially women. Women do not approach men. Only the ones trying to scam you do, and he's a majority from Isan. But most recently, here's this guy. Typical. I think he's late 30s. Second time in Thailand, I was over here in conversation. He was talking to another guy. He met this girl. She worked at a hotel. Yeah, right. And, and then he asked, he asked, he's like, so where does she live? Is she working now? She's not working now. You know why? Because I overheard him. He sends money from whatever, the money gram, whatever, to her every single month that she lives in Tung Lo. Tung Lo is considered our Beverly Hills here very affluent area and he's paying for it he's probably paying for their apartment he's paying for the living expenses and she probably has five to ten other guys doing the same exact thing just another sucker and then i overheard a conversation how many times does he make it to thailand and he said this is his second trip so he met his girlfriend on his first trip to thailand and he's probably going to try to make it two times a year because it's all his vacation modded for. And while this Thai girl is taking full advantage of him, probably has five to ten of the guys lined up from the United States to Canada to the UK doing the same exact thing. Thai, Thai men have done, you know, these Isan men do the same exact thing. Just another sucker. But you'll never ever catch a high so Thai woman 
or high so Thai man do that. They're different. They don't take advantage of people. You know, when I had a conversation uh, with another Westerner that had a bad experience in Thailand, they're like, I don't know why you like it there. Why don't you go to the Philippines? I'm like, hell no. And, he's, and he said, my experience in Thailand was not good. I said, so where'd you hang out? Pattaya. Well, no shit, dumbass. Why don't you think you had a good time? You were in freaking Pattaya. I said, so what was your problem? Oh, I just kind of felt they were taking advantage. And again, Pattaya's the only place. Yeah, I went to Bangkok and went to Pattaya. It's just, it's just stupidity. Stupidity. I said, you are treated based on the company that you keep. Were you aware that high so ties actually have the same type of mannerisms as Japanese and Taiwanese? He's like, no, I don't believe that. That's true. You don't believe that because you hang around a bunch of Cretans all the time. If you step up your game and you don't feel intimidated, hang around and look for a better crowd in Thailand, your view of Thailand will dramatically change. So this is a podcast for sophisticated people, for people that want a better life, that don't want to be taken advantage, nor do you take advantage of other people. This is a podcast for people that treat other people with respect. Thailand is definitely your paradise because it's certainly mine. And it took me a long time to find this place. And I don't want dumbasses coming here to ruin it. And nor do you. So thank you so much for joining me. Please heed my warnings. Don't make these mistakes. Build a life here in Thailand. Bring your family here. You won't regret it. Just take it one step at a time. So thank you so much for joining me. And I'll talk to you soon.